founder of Winning uh, Wednesday. And today's guest is Raj Shankar. Raj came to the United States when he was eight years old. He went through the immigration process to attain his legal permanent residence. He later became a U.S. citizen. This actually drove him to become an immigration lawyer. Raj also graduated magna cum laude from Toro Law Center in 2012 and was later admitted to the National Bar Association in 2013. From 2014 to 2016, he served as the chair of the Immigration Committee of the National Bar Association. And in 2019, he served as a, he started working for a Toro Law Center as assistant director for academic development. He has also worked as an adjunct professor teaching immigration law, and he's maintained his practice on the side while working for Toro Law Center. And in 2021, he came back into full practice full time, and Ratch has experience in all areas of immigrations of law including but not limited to cancellation of removal, asylums, deportation defense. However, his main area of focus is employment-based immigration. He has handled both immigration and non-immigration employment-based cases. Hi Raj, welcome to Winning on Wednesday. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Very good. So tell me about, um, I always like to start off the conversation about how you got started and i always like to start asking about your folks about your parents tell us a little bit about your parents about what they did for a living um uh, because this gives a, a you know an idea of where you are now so tell us about your parents about yes, what they absolutely. did for a living yeah absolutely you know um my, my dad uh, was actually an attorney in india and the way he got started was when he became an attorney in India, he uh, used to participate in the moot court competitions. Uh, moot court competitions are, you know, where you go, you have a, a moot uh, case in front of you, you do your research and you make your arguments. So he was actually part of the moot court competitions in India and he represented the entire country of India when he, in, when he came to Washington, D.C. So that's how he got started. Wow. Um, you know, on his attorney uh, journey. So in 1989, he actually won the whole India contest and he was chosen, one of two people chosen to represent India in Washington, D.C. And wow. when, you know, that's how he got started. It's an amazing story. And when he came in, uh, people were so, uh, you know, there were a lot of universities who were looking at them, uh, trying to see, you know, perspective people. So when he came in, uh, the University of St. Louis actually was so impressed by him, they gave, they said that they would give him a scholarship if he was to come to U.S. and do his LLM here. And, you know, this was after he was married and after I was born. So in 1991, uh, when I was about six, six years old, he decided to come to uh, St. Louis University. He did his LLM here. He got a scholarship. Even with the scholarship, he was working part-time to make you know ends meet and yeah that's how he got started he completed his LLM and uh, after he did that he bought his uh, bought my mom and over here to the U.S. and I came here in 1994 I was eight years old and, and your mom what did your mom do so uh, in India she was a housewife you know she used to live with my dad yep uh, uh, and, but here she's actually uh, a paralegal for a firm. You know, she does a lot of work, uh, the, the back end work that you don't see, uh, filling out the forms, the, the, 
the nitty gritty of it all. She does help us with that. So it is a truly a family business. I was just about to say that. I was just like to say, wow, it is a truly family business that, you know, your, your father's the attorney and your mom is, the, you know, they handle all the administrative work on the back end. That's truly amazing. And, and now that you're a lawyer. And, and tell me, Raj, when you were seven, what did you want to do? Did you want to grow up uh, as a career? Is it do you always uh, do you aspire to become like your father or was it something else? Did you have an idea when you were like seven? You know, I always joke because uh, when I was seven, I actually wanted to be uh, I wanted to be an astronaut. And wow. uh, unfortunately, I couldn't because uh, it turned out that I'm colorblind. So that's one of the things you actually need uh, to be part of the Air Force, uh, at least from what I you know, tried to apply and everything. Uh, they gave me a, a colorblindness test and it turned out that I am colorblind, so I wasn't able to pursue that career. Um, I always joke that my father did not want me, wanted me to pursue this career. He tried to persuade me from being an attorney. Uh, he wanted me to go into the teaching field. I had a very strong point in math. Uh, but, you know, I always wanted to follow in his footsteps. So that's how uh, well, I didn't listen to his advice, which, which kid listens to their parents' advice. Wow. And, and, and I'm fascinated by colorblinding. Tell us a little bit about that. Are you certain, are you able to see certain colors or how, how are you able to see that? And has that been an advantage or disadvantage to you? How's, and how will you be able to cope with that? Yeah, I mean, it depends on, uh, the colorblindness for me is not super bad. It, it is uh, certain points in the day. I have a really hard time uh, during the dusk and dawn. Uh, just the sunset and the sunlight really uh, messes with my eye. Uh, at that, at those points, I really have to be careful. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, you need to have a perfect color vision in order to join the Air Force. So that, as I said, that's one of the reasons I was disqualified. But yeah, it, it hasn't interfered with my life too much, but I just have to be careful during dawn and dusk. Wow, it's interesting. And I know that nowadays they have uh, these technology now, the, the special glasses that for colorblind people that they can actually see real color by these special glasses. Uh, it's The technology is amazing what's coming out in the future for correcting this and all that. I mean, uh, I, I did. I had a LASIK uh, when I was in my 20s. So and now I see 20, I mean, over 15, 10, you know, was it uh, 20? 10 by 20 by 20 i see 15 uh -huh. by 20 i got like eagle eyes <laughs> um, and, and tell us did you have any um uh, role models when you were growing up or uh, like anybody that inspired you i mean my, my father was always the person who inspired me as i said even though he kind of pushed me away from becoming an attorney because uh, I, I don't want that to sound bad it, he kind of pushed me away because he knew that my strong point was in teaching and math but he was my role model, you know, as I said, his story is really inspiring, the way he came here, the way he worked himself, you know, from from the bones, really, you know, he worked himself up from the ground up. Um, so when I heard his story, that's, I wanted to follow in his footsteps, you know, that's why I became an attorney, even though he you know, told me to go into teaching. Um, he's always been my role model. Wow. And what the, all these achievements that your your father's has done, tell us about about your achievements. Any achievements that uh, you have done in your point in your life that got you excited? I mean, uh, one of the achievements is just to be helping people. You know, I'll give you an example. Of what really made it worthwhile for me to become an attorney? Uh, we had a client who was from Portugal, and he went to. I can't even, you know, lowball figure, maybe like five to six attorneys who pretty much told him nothing could be done on his case. 
And I think as a last resort, he came to us. And, you know, we, we started asking questions. And he's been here since 1999. And about four years ago, we were able to get his green card when nobody else told him it was possible. And not only him, his wife also got, got the green card. And the first thing, you know, he did when, when we had the green card, I called him. I said, I have the physical green card in my hand. They mailed it out to us. And he came in, he started crying. Uh, and he said, you know, I haven't been to Portugal in like almost 20 years. And the first thing he did was go back, visit his family. And I think that was a good achievement for us because as I said, we went to five, six attorneys who told him it wasn't possible. And I wish I could tell you the story was unique, but it's not, you know, we deal with this type of, clients every day when other attorneys tell them it's not possible and we do that you know we, we help them I mean I, I would be lying to you if I said we can help 100% of people you know nobody can do that but the fact that we can help certain people who have gone to other attorneys and they haven't been able to do anything I think that's an achievement I think that's a great achievement which I like and it's it's about setting expectations as well and and uh, you know it seems like you're really passionate what you do um Tell us, are there any other things that you're passionate about? Uh, do you have any other hobbies or interests? Yeah. Uh, you know, when I graduated from undergrad, um, I actually did my majors in math and theater, which a lot of people don't know about. And whenever I tell that to people, their eyes usually go wide. It's like, how is that? It's so opposite ends of the spectrum. How did you do math and theater? You know, it's, it's because I, I liked it. Uh, it actually helped me become a better person the theater did because it pushed me out of my shell uh because you know being an attorney you have to be a really people's person you have to talk in front of the judge and I was a really shy person growing up so the the theater really helped me get out of my bubble and now I love public speaking um I don't know a little tidbit of a fact here more people are afraid of dying than they are public speaking. Public speaking is number one fear and dying is number two. Oh my goodness. I heard about that too. <laughs> and wow. for me, it's opposite. I love public speaking now because of my theater background. So I, I, you know, because of my theater background, I also do like a little dabble in stand-up comedy. I, I write, I do poetry. Um, I, I know I'm a self-taught musician. So all those things, you know, really, I, I do that in my spare time. Wow, it sounds like a renaissance, man. Um, uh, so tell us about your um, about your last nine to five job. What was it before you decided to go on your own? Uh, the last nine to five job was I did, even though my dad is an attorney, I did kind of venture out, uh, try to get experience in other firms uh, because I wanted to expand my horizons. Uh, because yes, we you know we do one type of immigration. I wanted to get experience in the other type of immigration, so I did work for other firms. Uh, so that was my last night of my job. I got it. And um, what decided to, I mean, made you decide to come back home <laughs> and work for the family business? It's just, it gives me so much more freedom, you know, to help people uh, the way I want to help people. You know, it, when you're working for other law firms or when you're working for the corporate world, it's always about what they want. You know, it's always about their expectations, meeting their standards, meeting their expectation, um, you know, retaining a certain number of clients, things like that. And I wasn't too happy with that because for me, it's not about the number. It's about, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. So when I have my freedom to 
to tell people like, listen, I'm sorry, save your money and I can't do anything for you. Um, that that means a lot more to me than you know getting like five clients in a week because at least I'm honest, at least I can tell them there's nothing I can do. You know, and, and a lot of people appreciate that. You know, the perfect example is I, I recently I had a client, I told him, I'm sorry, nothing I can do, save your money. And he was so happy with me being honest, he actually referred us three three more people and we were able to help them. Even though I wasn't able to help him, I was able to help his friends and family. And that means a lot to me than anything else, the, the ability to pick and choose who I can help and tell people, honestly, like, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Wow. Raj, it sounds like you're giving us some piece of uh, valuable information. Um, and speaking of valuable information, what piece of information you can give the, our listeners that you can share that can help them or that has helped you in your business that become a better business person that can help our listeners? Just being a better business person, it's just being about uh, honesty. That's what my dad taught me. It's about talking to people like they're human beings you know many of these that's one of the reasons I, i'm not a fan of like the corporate world because when you go into these corporate settings you you become a number or you become a file number and that's not who i am you know it, it's about connecting with people it's about talking to them no matter who they are no matter if they're you know a computer technician or somebody else it doesn't matter you know uh, you have to talk to them like they're a human being. You have to talk to them like they're a fellow human being. And that's the best advice I've gotten. And that's what is instilled to me, you know, by my parents. And that's led me a long way. You know, that's brought me a long, long way. Wow. And um, do you belong to any organizations or any any part of organizations that you belong to that uh, that has helped your business grow? Uh, I mean, the, I'm part of the bar association that you know, every attorney is, but I'm also part of the, the culturally speaking, because I'm from India, uh, especially from Bangalore. Uh, we speak Canada in, in Bangalore. So uh, being part of that organization, of course, has also helped me because um, people trust, you know, as you said, people like doing business with who they like and people trust their own ethnicity. Um, so you know, yeah, those organizations being part of that ethnic group has helped me a lot. And uh, tell us about, because uh, I know you you are part of WOW and you're part of the board and you're the legal counsel board of WOW. Tell us about uh, some of the stories of WOW that has impacted you or uh, some experience from WOW. You know, WOW has been great. Uh, just working with different people, just meeting a diverse group of people. Um, I One of the stories I have with WOW is uh, as you know, I also taught in a law school in Toronto Law for a couple of years. Uh, I was uh, the assistant director of academic support and academic development, uh, where we taught for the bar exam. So I had um, interactions with uh, bar students, uh, people who are just ready to graduate, taking the bar and ready to pass. And you know, I had many students who I told them networking is key, and I, I brought them into Wow. And I'm telling you, like the uh, one student I brought in. She emailed me the next day after a while. She's like, this is the greatest thing I've ever experienced. The, the breakout rooms, everything is great, even though, as she said, you know, I, I was a little hesitant because it was virtual. But once she got started, she loved it. You know, she loved every aspect of it. it was, even though it was virtual, she was able to connect with more people. And I guess that's the story of WOW, right? You, you, you connect with more people and you connect with valuable people. Uh, 
And I wish I could tell you she was the only student, but she's not. I, I, I have many students who I tell them like networking is key. And when they come to WOW, they, they really like it. They really do. And it's, it's a different type of networking, which I think people appreciate. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And and, and now tell us a little bit about your services. Uh, uh, what do you offer? Tell us about your law firm and the history real quick. And, you know, tell us about uh, what, what types of services that, that you have uh, to offer. So what we do is employment-based immigration. We, we say we're an immigration law firm. Uh, yes, we do um, the deportation side of it, but a large majority of our cases is employment-based immigration. And the reason we do that is because not a lot of people understand how powerful employment immigration is. I could tell you a story after story about how we were able to help people. I'll give you one quick story where we met this person from Colombia and he was saying uh, he wanted to be in the US. He was ready to you know, pay coyotes to help him cross the border. And after talking to him, you know, first thing he said is obviously don't do that. You're risking your life and your family's life. But talking to him, he we realized he had a business and we were able to use that business to help him bring himself and his family over to the US. And when I told him about it, he said, you know what? I talked to five different attorneys. Nobody knows about this stuff. Nobody knows about the employment-based immigration. So that's what we focus on. You know, we focus on employment-based immigration is because, again, it's, it's a powerful uh, avenue which a lot of people don't do or a lot of people don't know. And even, you know, professors, they have a hard time understanding this concept. And I, I, I'm, I'm thankful because, as I said, I work with my father who has been doing this for 30 years, and he is teaching me, like, the ropes of employment-based immigration, and that's what we're trying to spread the word. We're trying to spread the word that this is a powerful avenue. Yes, not a lot of people qualify. Uh, I mean, not, I'm sorry, a lot of people do qualify, but they just don't know about it. Uh, once we start talking to people, we realize, oh, we, you know, we can be very creative. And in some instances, we have been able to use employment-based immigration to get people out of immigration. And that's, you know, that's where I think my... Um, experience comes in and it's very unique because I'm able to connect the deportation side with the employment-based immigration. And when I tell people I'm able to get you out of court so you don't go in front of a judge um, and get you the green card in another way, they're so happy to do it. Again, it's not everybody, of course, you know, it's not like uh, every run of the mill person is doing it, you know, qualifies for this, but the people who do qualify, yeah, we can do this. And as I said, not everybody knows about this. So employment-based immigration is very, very powerful. So I would, that's why I'm spreading the word about, about this, you know, talk to, talk to us, get a second opinion. Uh, there might be avenues that you have no idea about. And I run into this every day where people have gone through one avenue and they tell me, I don't even know about this other avenue. And if I did, I wouldn't have, you know, spent so much time and money and effort going through the other avenue there where there is no uh, outcome or there is no real outcome. So, you know, that's what we do. We do employment-based immigration. And it's, it's, as I said, it's a very powerful avenue that a lot of people don't take advantage of. And Raj, uh, a lot of listeners might not know this, but you and I are friends and we've been uh, also, you're my, one of my clients. We've been working for years now 
And recently, he just received a client uh, about uh, what well, well, I mean, tell like, you tell the listeners about what happened with the with the Bollywood star. <laughs> Yeah, so recently what, what happened, it was a completely out of the blue, and it was a, one of those surprises. It's a pleasant and very happy surprise. So we, we got a call from uh, a prospective client, and he called us, and we were talking to him. And as I'm talking to him, I realized like, he's a, he's a major star in India, a major movie star in a, a major, um, a, you know, one of those shows, uh, daytime shows. And I asked him, you know, how did you hear about us? Because I was expecting... Uh, referral word of mouth because you know, people like him you know it, it, that's what you expect you expect them to come from other businesses other referrals and he said no I found you online you know I did my research online and you were you know you were one of the first people I looked into and I you know, due to the website I you know I could tell like you were uh, a person of a good background and you know just from the website itself he was able to connect with us and once he started talking to us you know it was like almost like a a shoe-in so to speak so that's how he found us he found us through it, online yeah. and can you tell us a little bit about that law that uh is in place right now that might or some of the listeners who are artists and, and professionals entertainers might not be aware of this law yeah and uh it's it's called the eb1 category eb stands for employment based uh, first category and you know eb1 has a, a lot of subcategories but the major uh category that a lot of people want to look into you know it's for artists it's for musicians actors athletes uh you know a lot of people like for example you know you have people like Salma Hayek Justin Bieber uh just to name a few and even Shakira for example they come under the eb1 category because they're artists they're musicians they're athletes uh and there's a that it's a specialized visa carved out just for for them to make it easier for them to get the green card. So if you're an artist, if you're a musician, um, or, or an athlete, you know, talk to us. Uh, or you know, do your research. You know, do the EB one research, and you'll see it's a specialized visa just carved out just to help people in, in I, your category. I wasn't aware it was for athletes. I mean, there's so many athletes that come to the United States and uh, it, the fact that they could get a green card just because of their, they're an athlete or, you know, an entertainer, that's truly amazing. And, um, and, and just out of the listeners, I mean, what's the average cost about that, uh, you know, for that, uh, to something like that? Because I know people always wanted to know the cost. Uh, is there any cost about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Please. Immigration. That's it. Uh, employment-based immigration is a little bit on the expensive side, but as I said, it's expensive because not a lot of people do it. You, you're truly getting what you're paid for, and you know you're getting the 30 years of experience in our firm. So you know you're looking at a call ballpark figure between 10 and 15 thousand. Yeah. Um, and and the reason I bring that up is because. Uh, you quite hear all the time that that's how much uh, immigrants pay coyotes. They pay anywhere to 10, 15, 20,000 to cross the border uh, illegally. This is a legal way by doing the same thing, but uh, more productive and more legally. You know what I mean? Uh, so it, it to me, it fascinated me in my, my mind that these they rather pay uh, somebody who's a complete stranger all this money and lose their money where they could go the legal route and do it the right way and paying somebody like you, an attorney, uh, that will do you know the right thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, now, now that you put it that way, absolutely. You know, people are ready to spend 20000 to risk their lives crossing the desert, crossing the border with their family. But if you talk to us, we can do that the legal way. So it's, you know, if you're ready to spend 20000 on this, you might qualify for this, you know, a, a completely legal route, not only for yourself, but also for your spouse, also for your children under 21. So it's it's a pretty big thing, you know, so yeah, that's why. That's why. Yeah, that's why I bring it up because again, don't risk your life. You know, and 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 there's a lot of people that risk their lives from, and they pay thousands and thousands of money, and they risk their lives just to to get that dream, the American dream, and be part of it. But you know, there are laws and ways to go around there. There are loop laws, but you have to educate and learn. And I and unfortunately, a lot of these people are not educated, and they don't know. And I think if by knowing information and 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 knowing this, we could probably even say save lives and deter people uh, to risking their lives, to crossing a desert, crossing a river from drowning or uh, exposure, whatever, or risking their kids or family, do it the right way, you know, and the legal way. And 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 uh, if people wanted to know, learn about more about you, Raj, what is the best way to contact you? The best way to contact us is, you know, uh, go to shankarlaw.com. You'll find us, you know, you'll find our full profile there. Uh, we have our number, we have our email addresses there. That's the best way. So it also going the, to the website, it also gives you a sense of what we're about. It gives you a sense of, you know, what we do. So you get a, you get to see, you get to see our background. So shankarlaw.com uh, is probably the best way to go there and contact us. Okay. And, and just for the listeners, can you just tell us the telephone number so they can just, if they need to call, uh, make a consultation, they hear this, they want to hear it, call you immediately. What, what's the best number to reach you at? The best number is uh, 347-416-6825. And that's uh, my direct number. Yeah, you can call me, you can talk to me if you have any questions. As I said, I'm an educator. I'll be happy to tell you a lot of information about it. So again, the number is 347 347- Four one six six eight two five. All right, Raj. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Uh, you've been uh, informative, not, and it's been a very informative um, um, interview. Thank you so much for this, Raj. No, thank you for having me.